0: What's up my friend, you are listening to the Chillpreneur Podcast, the number one place for rule-breaking entrepreneurs to learn how to build a standout personal brand and a kick-ass business without having to hustle their life away. Get ready to be inspired, have a laugh, meet some extraordinary guests, and of course, get your excitement high with some epic dancepreneur party vibes. Hello, hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Chillpreneur Podcast. Oh my gosh, it has been, it's been a month. It has been a month. I mean, now as I'm recording this, it is the new month. It is December, and I am so excited for it. Honestly, I had one of the most busiest months of all time in November, something that I'm not really used to. Um, But a lot of the stuff was outside of my control. I did some really exciting things. I mean, busy with stuff that, although definitely took my attention away from some of my priorities. I mean, it was all good stuff. I am celebrating buying an investment property, my second investment property. I mean, I bought a house and sold it. And I have now bought another investment property, a more long-term hold kind of thing. Um, And then I also moved and we came out of lockdown, finally, so a lot of social activity was happening. But it was just one of those months where it just felt like everything started to slip. And I didn't want to just come on here and start to complain about the fact that I was busy, but the reason why I wanted to share this was over the past couple of days, I really, really have just been prioritizing my project management and my systems and my organization. And that has been the number one thing that has allowed me to feel like in a matter of days, getting completely, completely back on track. I actually switched over from Asana to ClickUp, which if you don't know what either of those things are, they are project management tools. And it has just given me this new revitalized sense of energy. And I'm so excited to be finally back creating content. I've got so many new ideas of a bunch of different things that I wanted to do in business. And honestly, sometimes that's just it. You know, when we fall off the bandwagon, if we, if you will, or if we go through a period of time that is, that is stressful, that is busy, or that is just out of the norm from what we're used to experiencing and takes away from those routines, rituals, and habits that we usually have in place to start getting stuff done in our life, whether it be with our health or with our business, Sometimes it's like going back to the drawing board, sitting down with yourself for a couple of hours, or for me, even a couple of days, and just going back to basics with your systems, your structure, and your organization. I sat down and I started with a visualization session where I went through and I started to really visualize what I wanted my month to look like, what I wanted it to feel like, because I'm essentially building myself up for the energy that I wanna take into the new year, the habits, the routines, and rituals that I wanna take into the new year. And then what I did was I created created a lot of systems around that. I created a really solid content strategy. I've started to think about my projects in my business. I've allocated time for them in my calendar. I've spent some time making sure that I'm organizing my workouts, that I'm being a little bit more uh, strict, but that's probably not the right word. Just intentional with my social activity, making sure I'm only saying yes to things that are an absolute fuck yes and not just feeling the the post-lockdown pressure of catching up with every single person and their dog. And so it sometimes just means going back to the basics, taking the weight off and the stress out of having to decide what to do and feeling overwhelmed and not knowing what to do by going through and setting yourself some really, really, really solid plans. If you have no idea where to start with this, this is actually something that I'm going to be teaching really in depth in this month's masterclass in the membership. So if you didn't know, I actually have a monthly membership called, of course, the Chilpreneur Membership. We talk all about business and audience growth and mindset. It really is for anyone in the first year to two in their business who really want to just get lessons, individual lessons on all the different areas of business, but also have a really solid community around them and get coaching by me through the monthly Q&A sessions. But this month in particular, I am going to be talking all about becoming a productivity and project master. I'm going to be walking you through my system for setting goals, setting intentions, setting a visualization for how you want your life and your business to look and feel. You know, in the last couple of episodes, we really have spoken about building your your business around your life so you've got more free time to enjoy and letting go of guilt but with that obviously a big part of it is making sure you're super organized with your time like Jess said in the last episode you know she's really really organized with her projects and everything she has to do in business so she can go to the beach one day knowing that yes she might have things on her to do list but that is organized for tomorrow and she doesn't have to stress about it now. And so that's the intention behind this masterclass is to help you get really connected to your project management and your calendar and all the projects you need to do in life and business so you don't have to think about things so much and you will have more free time freedom actually comes in the structure, not in the chaos. That's something that I learned a long time ago. If you just have no plans, no systems, no structures, you will always going to feel like you're running around like a headless chook. Whereas the more organized you actually are, the more militant you are with your organization, the freer you'll actually be. Yes, it takes a little bit of time to sit down and do this, to do this organization. But honestly, in the long run, it will be one of the best things you've done for yourself. That's such a big part of why I'm such a chillpreneur and why I'm able to enjoy so much free time and yet still get so much done is because I'm so organized and I'm married to my calendar, as I say, if you will. I honestly feel like like organization and productivity is like the biggest turn on. I love it so much. It's like porn to me. I say that all the time. Productivity porn, it's just so good because it just feels so good to be organized and to get shit done and then enjoy your life. But that is not what we are talking about today on the podcast episode. But if you are interested in joining the membership, definitely I will leave the link below. Come and join us. It's just $22 a month, so probably less than you spend on food. And it can really, really help you to get to where you want to go in your business plus not make you feel so lonely. And that's actually what we're talking about in today's episode. We're talking all about connection and why it's so important, not just for business success, but for personal growth and fulfillment in life. This has been one of the biggest lessons on my own journey. I'm such an extrovert and I love being around people. That's why I love martial arts so much because it's such a community sport. Um, You know, even though you're You're fighting individually, like it's such a team environment. I I absolutely love masterminds and group programs, and just you know sharing ideas with other people. Because for me personally, that's where I grow the most. You know, I love self reflection. Don't get me wrong, I love journaling. I love you know, doing my own personal development routines. But the reality is where I've had the most growth, whether it be around my money mindset, whether it be around anything to do with my business, it's been in group environments, whether it be masterminds that I've joined myself or even masterminds that I have run myself, you know, or having conversations with my friends or my boyfriend now, like whatever it may be, I'm always having the biggest breakthroughs in a group environment where I'm being supported in conversation with other people. So what we're actually talking about, I sat down with one of my incredible, incredible clients, Alexandra, which by the way, you have to go follow her. If you have honestly that that concept of being like overly busy and, and, and the anxiety that comes from just rushing through life, I've actually like just as a byproduct of having Alexandra in my community, in my in my space, learned a lot about slowing down and just kind of the the squeezing more joy out of life in those still and slow moments. And honestly, I think it's just by sometimes the way she talks. She's so relaxing, but yet so motivating at the same time. Anyway, what we spoke about particularly in this episode was relationship and connection to self so that you can have better relationship and connection to others for ultimate personal growth, for happiness and fulfillment. So without further ado, I'm going to jump into that episode. Alexandra actually does live in beautiful tropical Mexico. And so for today's dancepreneur party, we are going to crank up the tropical beats, shake your body, get your dancepreneur party on, and let's go chat to Alexandra all about connection. Hello, my love, and welcome, welcome, welcome officially to the Chillpreneur podcast. Can I just say how funny it was when you first jumped on this recording? Because it just seemed to be like the tone of the last month for you. Like we first jumped on and you're like, no sound. I saw your face straight away. Can we just start with talking about this? Because I think it's like such a relevant thing. So obviously, um, you have been going through some incredible challenges with the internet, over the last month you know if you want to kind of like describe what's been going on because I'd really love to tuck into this I've been along this journey with you and I just I want to say that from my perspective it has actually I know it's been frustrating for you so don't take offense to this but it has actually been incredibly inspiring for me because I've also been going through some personal challenges and just things that are outside of my control you know moving house and having no power losing my bike all of these different things but I haven't actually said to this to you but I've thought about you so many times and actually said to myself, like, what would Alexandra do in this moment? And I'm like, I know you've been through like the frustration side of not having an internet and trying to, you know, create content and and build your business and stuff like that. But maybe just talk us a little bit through like the challenges that have been happening, but like how you've been able to kind of shift your perspective into trying to be as optimistic and positive as you can.
1: Yeah, so let's start. In Mexico, where I live, uh, this city is one of the most magical cities ever, and I love it here. One of the biggest downfalls is it does not have great internet. And when I mean it doesn't have great internet, I mean to upload a story, like four um, 15-second stories for Instagram stories, takes me two and a half hours to upload it, when normally... It takes me about, like, I don't know, a minute, right? seconds maybe. (laughs) I can't even tell you, like, the actual time because usually it's not even something I think about. Yeah. And so outside of just showing up online on Instagram, that impacts calls with my clients. That impacts my calls, like, with you as my coach too. And it's so much bigger than just, hey, I want to post a story on Instagram. It is – All of a sudden, like my business, when it relies to be online, becomes a thousand more times difficult. Yeah. Loading things or uploading a podcast, you know, instead of it taking two minutes, it might take me a day, like literally 24 hours. And so... I, I'm not going to lie, I still get very impacted by the internet. And it's not something that I would say just magically shifted overnight. It still really impacts me. I'm still looking for solutions. But one of the biggest things that did shift was me realizing what is actually in my control. So there are days where literally the internet your cell service, everything is gone. There is yeah. nothing. Yeah. And on those days, I'm like, okay, you know what? I can't do anything about this. Yeah. The place that I'm currently living right now actually probably has some of the worst internet, even compared to other friends and co-working spaces. And Aaron has been on this journey with me, or you've been on this journey with me where I – Literally have tried like six different co-working spaces and, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. For me, it was really around like asking myself, okay, is this something I can control? Yeah. And when I realized when I started to look at things that I could control, like moving to a place that maybe had better internet, even though I loved the apartment I was in, I realized it was really impacting me, um, my business, and ultimately my mindset and my mental health. So when I started to ask myself a question like that, I started to realize, okay, no, this isn't in my control. Or yes, this is my control. And what can I do about it? And it's my favorite question to start to ask is because the what – automatically puts you into action. And I realized like that was one of the biggest things that I could do is instead of feeling powerless, like, oh my God, there's no internet. It's like, okay, what can I do about this?
0: Yeah. Do you know why I love that story so much? And I've been reflecting on it a lot is because we've also had a lot of conversations after both tucking into the book, you know, the mountain is you, and then starting to think about our personal relationships to self. But what I really love about that is actually the parallels between A lot of people struggle in business. Like you're struggling with the internet and you're saying there are some things within my control and I can take action on that. And there's some things out of my control that I need to surrender to. And for me, that's so in line with our own personal relationship to ourselves because that's the biggest block for so many people in business you know they come up with excuses they have all the mindset work that they need to do but maybe they're just not prioritizing doing it and I think that's that's such a beautiful approach to actually starting to work on yourself if you're the thing that's getting in the way of your business I know for you it's the internet but for most of us you know who do have good internet, I mean I don't have good internet so I get where you're coming from but you know for many of the worlds, when it's not a technological challenge it's usually a psychological challenge and it's the exact same approach like we need to be starting to ask ourselves like what is inside of my control and what is outside of my control and what can I do with both of these scenarios the pandemic was completely outside of our control but for the most part our excuses our routines our rituals and the self-love that we're cultivating is is in within our control so Taking that mindset of like, what's inside of my control and what can I do about this? How can someone actually start like applying that to themselves and their mindset when they are going through like self-doubt, stress, overwhelm, a pandemic, all of the things, you know? (laughs)
1: So funny you say that, Erin, because I even reflect back to a couple of years when I was in the beginning stages of my business, and I, a thousand percent, was making so many excuses, I was avoiding the mindset work, and I was really kind of looking for the externals to say, okay, this is what I have to do next. This is what mm-hmm. I need to do. And just like you said, it really starts internally with connection with yourself mm-hmm. and the self-love. And I, it's, you know what? I hate to say it because this self-love and self-care is like that trendy, cool yeah. thing to do. And it's like buzzwords and go put a face mask on and everything will be okay. When no, like what I realize is like The moment I started to dive into the work of confidence in myself, belief in myself, and starting to understand, like, there's so many incredible things about me. And also looking at the things that I never wanted to look at. So more of the vulnerable sides, like the comparison, the doubt, the fear, um, the judgment, and looking at it in the perspective of healing it. And I think this is... You know, when somebody said like, oh, I'm all about self-love and self-care, like it should be really around healing those parts of you because that's when the transformation starts to happen. Is it easy? Hell no. Yeah. And excuse me, I, I very rarely swear and I know. Hey, it's the show our Podcast,
0: can- you say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> <for it. laughs> I love it, Aaron.
1: But it's like, it's not easy. It yeah. really isn't easy and you're going to want to run away from it and and I think when you're around people that make it okay and promote it, and I would say you are one of those people, you inspire me to continue to be who I want, who I am and who I am at my core. Yeah. And that is the key is like surrounding yourself in a community. And it often is really hard sometimes in your own environment when you're making these shifts where maybe the doubts, the fears, the judgment, the comparison shows up finding a community that fosters those relationships and that connection to yourself first is so important. Um, and I know that's something that you like really speak on is like connection to self first. So then you're able to give outwards to others. And I think it's like at its core, what the message of most business and life needs to be.
0: Yeah. I want to talk really deeply into the whole connection piece because that's something that both you and I value so highly. But one thing, I mean, even for myself as a consumer of personal development content on the internet, I know I'm also a creator, but mine is, is, is very focused on specific areas. Whereas like one thing that I will say that I guess not confuses me necessarily, but I feel like not many people tuck really deeply into in such a public forum and I know often it does require doing work with a coach or you know going deeper with maybe a therapist or something like that but how does someone get started on that self-healing journey you know what I mean everyone talks about like I healed my traumas or I'm doing this personal development work like can we go really into the practical for just a second and I realize it's going to be different for each and every single person but for someone who has no idea right they're sick of all the self-love rhetoric that's just like you know meditate or like journal and all these things. It's very surface level, a, a surface level approach without actually knowing what to focus on, knowing what questions to ask, knowing what to come up when, like what to do when the challenges come up. So how do you really start with that? What, what tools are available? And then how do you go deep with that to actually make sure you're on the right path? Good
1: question. So outside of working with a coach or in a community or something like that, I would say ultimately starting with yourself. What mm-hmm. makes you, what makes you light up? Yeah. Understanding the difference between when you get really excited and really happy. Because once you understand those things, when things aren't going great, you can start to ask questions. And if I, there was one practical thing I had to say to you is like, start with a question. Yeah. Why am I feeling this way? Okay, so let's talk about like if comparison comes up. Okay, what about this person or this situation is making me compare myself? Why do right. I feel bad? And why is a really good question. You can get stuck in a little bit of a cycle with why. So be yeah. careful with that. Yeah. Start with an initial why of, okay, why do I feel this way? Okay, what am I going to do about it? Yeah. That, and I love what. What is such a powerful question to ask yourself because you automatically get into that action, as I was mm-hmm. saying before. But if someone's just starting out, there's two things I would actually get you to do. Yeah. And if I was starting with you working as a coach. First is tell me what lights your soul on fire? What makes you so happy? Yeah. One to 10 things. Yeah. Yeah. You can also do, what do you love about yourself? This sometimes is a little bit harder for people because if they're not in this practice or in this work, then it's a little bit harder to write those things down. And then what I would also say on the other side is, what are the things that sets you into more of those negative emotions and feelings? So is it doubt, comparison? what are those triggers? Is it when you see a certain person from your high school on your social media or a certain social media person, or when you're looking at magazines, what are those triggers that make you go into those downward spirals? And I say start with these two things because they are two really impactful options because they're starting to build awareness. Without awareness, you can't change very much. And That ultimately would be the starting point without getting too like technical and crazy with all the different tools available. And I'm a big reader just like you. Um, There are some incredible books out there that can help you really question your own beliefs. But those would be the first things I would
0: really think about
1: um, in those moments.
0: I think a lot of people myself included get stuck on the what, you know what I mean? And this comes from I mean we've had many conversations about like yes social media is such an incredible place it's such a great place to connect with people and 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 again we'll talk about that in just a moment but say for example if we go back to the comparison question, you know, this person on the internet, let's just say it's a an influencer like they're triggering me, I'm feeling I'm comparing myself to them and it's making me feel it's making me feel jealous, it's making me feel uh, bad about myself, it's making me feel like I can't have success because I don't have this, 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 and this, and this in place. So that comparison starts. So they become then aware and they're starting to do that internal awareness work of understanding. But then it's like you say, like, what do we do from here? It's The thing that I come across a lot is as, and again this might the answer might be working with someone like yourself as a coach, but you know, a lot of people get into that, okay, I know now I feel this way, but then I actually don't know what it is that I need to do about it. Classic, we just had an internet dropout by the way, so if that's a bit just don't here, but we're resilient. We're badass bitches and we're gonna keep <laughs> going through this. <laughs> to summarize, what I was saying is like, yeah, so people like they, they understand like the why, I know why I'm feeling like this. But then it's like where a lot of people, I, I, I guess, quote unquote, like give up on this personal development work. It's like they don't know how to get out of that state of comparison. They don't know, you know, how to actually cultivate that more self-loving connection to self mindset.
1: Yeah, I would say I was one of those people. A thousand percent. I knew uh, comparison was one of the things I needed to to change. And positive thinking, saying, oh, don't compare yourself, don't compare yourself. Like, that only works so – yeah, that only works for so long. And I would say the biggest thing to combat that is getting to know yourself. Mm. And it sounds like so simple and so basic, but it's the truth. Until you're able to look at yourself and understand what makes you incredible, and you are incredible. Like, every single person on this earth is so magical and so incredible. And we all have beautiful gifts and strengths and things we have to offer to the world. The difference is that we're not trained to look at those things. Um, It could be like how you fold a napkin, how you make your bed, how you make breakfast, how you say hello to someone. Like these small, simple things are beautiful gifts that make you you. Yeah. So learning about yourself is the most important work you can do because if you aren't able to say, like, oh, my gosh, look at these incredible things about myself, then you're always going to compare yourself. It's the first step to softening that comparison. And comparison doesn't go away. I'm going to tell you right now, I've been in this work for a really long time. I still catch myself comparing myself. Yeah, as well. Right? And… I would say for me, like when I am in that comparison mode, I would say, okay, Alex, like what about this person is making me compare it? And what can I celebrate for them, right? Is it something that I want in my life? Is it something I don't want in my life, right? Because it can be both sides. And when you're able to start to look at it from the perspective of like, okay, what do I want? from this person or what I don't want, you start to remove yourself as being the bad person or a negative side of things. So that's the work I'm in right now, to be perfectly honest.
0: And honestly, that resonates with me so much because like just to open up and be totally vulnerable, because that's this new thing that I'm trying if nobody's noticed. But no, I mean, I've kind of shared these stories before, but something that I've done Well, that for me was a big struggle. And it's weird because this particular thing is not even a value of mine. It just was a lot of the pressure from the internet to kind of focus on this specific thing. But one area that I really, really compared myself in maybe the first couple of years of my business was money. Like Mm -hmm. I wasn't making as much money. I had friends who'd started their businesses after me and they were making more money than me. And, you know, it was just like, I'm not good enough. I'm not successful enough. I don't sell enough and all these different things. And it wasn't making more money that made me feel good about myself. As a matter of fact, it was like the starting Muay Thai, doing motorbike riding, uh, you know, all of the different things that made me feel like I don't give a fuck if I'm not making as much money as other people, because I'm a badass. I'm on this mission. I know my purpose work. So it's not necessarily for me, like picking up on what you're saying. It sounds like, and this goes back to the connection to self, you know, it's not necessarily replacing the thing that's triggering you as opposed to more so Getting to know yourself, understanding who you are at your core and who you desire to be, and building that out rather than constantly letting people tell you what you should want. And if you don't want it, then or you don't have it, then you're not as good as X Y Z person.
1: Yeah, a thousand percent. I a thousand percent. I would say for me, like it was business, but also like my body comparison yeah. to my body. And I know this is uh, such like a trigger point for so many women because. I, I was born in 89, in yeah. 90s, whatever, and at that time growing up, everyone had to have this skinny body, like that no curves. Yeah. and Nothing
0: looks as, nothing tastes as good as being skinny feels, thanks right? to Kate who, by the way, heavily regrets saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying, born in the 90s, so yeah, it, it was very much that kind of Victoria's Secret kind of very right? rail-thin era
1: and i have curves i'm very yeah. curvy um i have hips and big butt and no boobs and that was not what i saw so mm-hmm. right and i think about that it's like it it wasn't until i started doing a lot of work on my body and saying like you know what I'm able to go play sports. I'm able to go swimming. I'm able to walk my dog. I am able to wake up in the morning and be healthy. My dad has ALS who's in a wheelchair. So like to see him every morning not be able to wake up and walk around, like to me, that was a shift in my own perspective and body image because I was like, damn, like, we're so freaking lucky to wake up in the morning and to be able to do the things we're able to do. So yeah. it's it's just one of those moments where we just have to remind ourselves like we are so freaking incredible and
0: so lucky to be here in this
1: in this world and yeah. also at this time in our life, yeah. right?
0: Do you have a practice for cultivating that gratitude daily like is there is it something that you're more so just trying to slow down and take notice of these things as and when they come up as experiences or is there like a particular way you start your day to set the tone for that gratitude and that appreciation
1: Okay. So this is like such a topic for me because I dove really deep into the morning routine for a really long time. And I was like, okay, got to get up at 5 a.m., 6 a.m. and got to meditate, got to journal, got to do this. And I was like, I realized over the last few months I wake up and do what feels right for me in those mor- mon- in those moments, right? Like in that morning. Wow, really stumbling, but <laughs> I, I like
0: it. It sounded like <laughs> sexy the way you say it "in those moments." <laughs> um, I like, damn, damn. I
1: think, <laughs> I think about like in the morning when I get up. I actually don't set an alarm anymore unless I absolutely need to be available at a certain time. And I wake up naturally to whatever time my body feels consistent. Usually it's between 6.30 to 7.30 in the morning is when I wake up. Then I was like, okay, like what do I need this morning? I'll look at myself in the mirror and say, okay, Alex, what do you actually need in this morning? And I'll listen for the answer, whether it is a meditation, whether it's a journal, whether it's a coffee. I rarely drink coffee in the morning, but some mornings I'm like, I'm going to make myself a coffee and not feel bad about it. And I think that was one of the biggest shifts in my practice in the morning routine was that I take a moment and I give thanks for myself. And usually when there's some point in the morning, I'm giving gratitude to my body to my mind, my spirit, as well as my guides. So just saying like thank you for all of these beautiful synchronicities you're giving to me in the li- in my life. And I I want to continue to receive them. So there's always a portion of gratitude in some way, whether it's when I drink my water. Um, yeah. that's a really cool study. I don't know if you've heard it, where if, like you talk positive things to your water yeah, and you the drink it, study you Study by the it. Japanese
0: scientists. Yeah, yeah.
1: So it's like things like that, or I also do it with my fruits because yeah. God knows everyone uh, knows that I love my fruits in the morning. Uh, I say it like, thank you so much for being in a place where like, I have these tropical fruits and I'm able to nourish my body. So there is a big portion of gratitude
0: in that. I love the taking a moment to, so you're like making eye contact with yourself in the mirror. That's the piece that I think is missing when it comes to, so obviously a big focus for this podcast is connection to self to connect to others. That's, For me, and I think so many people are going to resonate with that, the piece that I think is missing, that we don't take enough time to actually listen to ourselves. Like, what, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, looking at yourself in the mirror. And that can be really difficult for some people. So I don't know, I guess anyone who tries it, like looking into your own eyes can be so hard when you haven't cultivated a good relationship to self. But then that's not the most powerful part to me. The powerful part is having the freaking patience to actually wait for an answer. You know, when it comes to what should I do with my morning, when it comes to what should I do with my relationship, what should I do with my business? It's like, I think we're good at asking the questions. What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? But the reality is that when we move into social media or conversations with friends or anything like that, before actually being patient enough to get that answer ourselves, that's when we're being influenced by the people around us. And it's taking away from that relationship to self. So patience and slowing down to me sounds like it's such a big key of this connection to self-peace.
1: A thousand percent. Two points on that. One, I agree with you. When I first started the practice of looking at myself in the eyes for that certain amount of time, I hated it. I hated it. I actually yeah. avoided it because I was like, I don't want to look at myself in the mirror, or I'm like, oh, I went into instant judgment mode. Like, look at yeah. my bags under my, look yeah. at my hair. Like, I get crazy yeah. bed hair because I have really curly hair, and like, it was so easy. But then I was like, no, okay, Alex, like. What is it? Like, give myself. And usually that's when I would start some of the gratitude because it was really easy to go into that like negative mindset right in the morning. And the second part, which you said, was like, you know, we often ask the questions, but the first thing we do is go online and search it rather than listening. Yeah. Rather than tapping into ourselves and listening to ourselves for the answer, we go like, okay, YouTube. Okay, Google. And there's nothing wrong with going and finding answers. I think being resourceful is incredible. But if you're doing it more often than not to avoid listening to yourself, then that's when those tools aren't becoming tools to your advantage.
0: But I think a big part of that as well is like learning to trust ourselves and taking responsibility because it's so much yeah. easier to say that I went on the internet and XYZ person told me to do it this type of content let's say you know our hype crew gets very frustrated with me because it's like is this a good piece of content and i'm like yes 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 there's never a right answer to that question it's all good content i'm never going to tell you not to do something stop looking for validation because everything can work but it's so much easier for people to go i'm going to try this particular business strategy or content strategy or life strategy and if it doesn't work it wasn't my fault it's not my responsibility because it was obviously somebody else's formula and so it does take a lot of courage I think as well to listen to ourselves trust ourselves and therefore act on our intuition because then at the end of the day if it doesn't work which sometimes it won't because that's a part of life but there's no one else to blame a thousand
1: percent oh man personal responsibility is kind of a pain in the butt I'm not Mm -hmm. gonna lie and it's one of those things I remember watching kids Okay, yeah. and kids a show are or
0: like actual kids, actual children. Not oh, children! Okay,
1: so children are such beautiful lessons. They have yeah. this like airiness to them, and kind of like they do whatever they want. But there is a certain age where kids stop taking responsibility. Right. Yeah. Like there's children that actually are like playing and they're like, Oh, I did it, like even if something yeah. wasn't good or right or whatever, right? Yeah. But then there's an age where kids actually go, like, No, I didn't do it. Like you'll actually see it, right? There's yeah. a shift. And we learn these behaviors of not taking responsibility because we think it's going to get us in the good books or the bad books. Yeah. And Personal responsibility is such a tough one because it can be very deeply rooted, and I think their other pitfall too for women specifically is we almost take too much responsibility when it's not time for us to take responsibility. Yeah. So there's a difference here, and I know this can might be a little bit confusing for people, right? If there is something you physically did that maybe you need to take responsibility. And I know you and I kind of share a lot of similarities in terms of guilt, right? Guilt can be a big one. If there is something you actually did wrong in a situation, take personal responsibility, okay? If there is, when you ask yourself, did I actually do something wrong, then you can shift that conversation and be like, if it's a no, then you don't need to hold on to it. You can release it. And there's those, again... Getting in the habit of coaching yourself and asking yourself questions. If you're asking powerful questions, then you start to unravel a lot of the deep-rooted things that are within yourself.
0: Yeah. I love that so much. The guilt thing is such a big thing for me. It was like, honestly, as you were talking that, I was like, mm-hmm. cause like, even I have an experience this morning of just like, I don't want to go into the details necessarily, but you know, just that whole concept of like letting somebody down when really no party is actually horrifically, you know, affected by the decision that I want to make, but it's just like, someone's going to be upset or disappointed. And it's like, how often are we and, again drawing it back to the relationship to self I know what's best for me in this scenario you know it, it has to do with workouts it's not as dramatic as it, as it makes it Um, but like it I know what's best for me in this scenario for my routines for my business for my rituals for my day for my everything right but then it's like I don't want to necessarily make that decision because I'm going to disappoint somebody else and I think that's what you said specifically I've heard so many women dealing with things like this, whether it be like leaving a relationship because they feel guilty for the other person or, you know, leaving a business or a career or anything like with, especially women who have children taking time for themselves. Like there's so much, and this I think is a really nice segue into the conversation around relationships because why do you believe that as women, like we are so focused on not letting other people down over prioritizing what's going to be best for ourselves?
1: Oh, I love this question. It's actually because it's one of our biggest strengths. Yeah. And what I say and what I mean by that is as women, one of our biggest strengths is that we are so incredibly nurturing and we cultivate community naturally because that's what our role really is. As to be a woman, your job is to you have these intuitions. I don't want to say job, so I'm gonna rephrase that. Your yeah. you have intuitions. Your body is made to create, right? Yeah.
0: Your body life. is
1: made create life, like hold yeah. a child, develop it. And I'm not saying every woman needs to have children. I don't know if I want children. And it it's that's not the conversation. But as women, one of our key strengths is to nurture. Every strength has a different side of a coin. And that coin is that we tend to forget about ourselves. We don't priorit- prioritize ourselves. We allow – we go into people-pleasing and yeah. these are the other side of being that powerful strength of who we are, of that nurturing yeah. intuition and all of that. So I would say that is one of the biggest reasons.
0: Yeah. Do you think it's possible to take like the Robert House, I don't know is his name the guy, the rich dad, poor dad guy. He has that same philosophy of duality, right? There's always two sides to every coin, but the safest place to be is actually on the third side, which is the flat side, the side that you could roll a coin on, right? Essentially like to sit in the middle. Because I think there's so much – content out there that's like going in the total other direction now you know books like uh the subtle art of not giving a fuck and like a lot of this like just focus on yourself like fuck everybody else there's a lot of content out there like on the internet like how as a woman can we still embrace this nurturing aspect of ourselves in our relationships but then also prioritize ourselves like where do we find the balance
1: well, first thing is, and this may not be a uh, popular belief, there yeah. is no such thing as balance. Yeah. You are always going to be on a teeter totter trying to figure out the balance. Yeah. So, what I would say is, every action, and this is like a physics term, but every action has an equal reaction. So you're always, if you're listening and you're tuning into it, and I know you and I have had like conversations about this, about how we are, how basically there's a lot of feedback saying like, oh, don't. Don't spend time with people. You got to do all personal development work on your own. Like, no, that's not true. Like, I personally have had some of my most powerful conversations and powerful transformative moments in conversation. Do I reflect afterwards on my own? Yeah, of course. But there's going to be things that happen in your life that are going to set off in a moment. And that's what I mean balance doesn't exist, because you're going to try to go one side too far. Yeah. And then your job is to figure out how to come backwards. And you're yeah. constantly going to be on this teeter-totter of figuring that out. And yeah. that's, I would, that's life. And I would say that's what your goal should be, is figuring out how to constantly adjust as you're going through
0: it it's so freaking powerful and that's so relevant to so many areas it's not just finding balance with guilt or relationships but you know people talk about work-life balance and I've actually said right from the very beginning like I don't believe in work-life balance for me I actually call it seasonal you know I mean there's seasons of our life like I just went through a season where I did need to give a lot more to other people and you know now in this new month I don't have as many uh external obligations if if you will and it's going to be a month where i really do focus on myself so like you said it's just making those those adjustments and iterations as the seasons change as the periods of life change as the priorities change like i think people get so fixated on having this one very linear experience in their life. Like, it's like, I am this type of person and this is the type of life I'm living in. So everything else needs to be in place with that. But it's so much more cyclical and malleable than that to the point where I love that you are focusing on a moment by moment iteration of our own personal relationship to self versus like, I am one way or the other.
1: A thousand percent. The first thing I thought about was I... I grew up with the phrase um, being said to me, like, this is just my life. Mm -hmm. And I've been diving a lot into this phrase specifically because I noticed I would say it, right, a lot. And it doesn't come from a place of power. And I love what you said about it is seasons. And what I heard in that, it's like you have a choice to shift at any moment. Mm -hmm. And – the moment you realize that you are in control of it, then you can change your life. And I understand we all have responsibilities. We all have things that are happening in your life that are maybe outside of our control and are difficult and just they never feel like they might change. But what's, if I were to give practical things, like what's one little thing in your day that you can do for yourself that connects you back to yourself? And then realize, like, okay, here's a little more of an opening. Let's do a little bit more. And then you'll realize more and more that, like, you have the ability to shift within your day to do things that really
0: light your soul on fire. Yeah, I love that. I am so, so interested in what you just said before about because we've kind of spoken about this a little bit, but I'm very, 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 very much the same in that some of the biggest transformations that you've actually had are in a community relationship or conversation. I think, again, something that for so long confused me about personal development is that a lot of the stuff that I was learning traditionally is that it's like go inwards, again, do the meditation, do the journaling. Like these are the only ways to find answers. But as someone myself, I'm a Gemini, which means I love to talk. I'm an extrovert. Connection is my number one value. I never really realized this, that a healing journey can be like can happen like yes there needs to be moments of reflection but it also can happen as you said in conversation so i would love to hear your perspective on like how do we start to cultivate these conversations like if we can go into the practical side of it it's like how do we build these relationships that are going to support our personal growth journey like is it a matter of finding a coach can we do this without finding a coach like it'd be really interesting Because, you know, I think a lot of people have hesitations around relationships because I don't know if it's this underlying, everyone's got their own personal agenda kind of things, but, you know, we've all been burned by other people as well. So to be totally vulnerable and open up, you know, it takes a lot. So how can we cultivate these communities that are just as like receiving as they are, no, just as giving as they are receiving?
1: Great question. What I would say is, If you don't have that community around you, there are communities available for you. I know I have found that in SBA with you um, and Hype Crew as well. So it's like I know it is possible and it's available, but I would say when you're – I'm going to get start with the person itself. It starts with your own vulnerability. Yeah. It will not be cultivated unless you are vulnerable. We have this, like, bullshit, like, detector within ourselves when we can tell whether or not someone is being fake or vulnerable. You may not be able to actually put your finger on it. And I realized the moment I started to be actually vulnerable, that's when I started to build deeper relationships. Yeah. As I said before, like, my dad's been sick for a really long time. People did not know for a solid five years. It's because I kept everyone at an arm's length way from me. And I I would say at that time, I I was actually really depressed. I was very anxious. And I didn't really have really deep uh, relationships at that time. It wasn't until I was actually open enough and vulnerable to show those, you know, quote unquote, not perfect side of me that those relationships really started to open up. Same thing with online, like really coming from the place of vulnerability. And this may seem kind of silly and a different way of thinking about it, but ultimately actually caring about the other person, not making it about you. And <laughs> and I think like, cry. I know. And you know what? Like it's not easy. It's not easy because it's our human nature to think about ourselves And I started to actually dive into why I have deeper conversations, deeper relationships in my life. And it comes down to two things, as one I just said, is like actually care about the other person. And two, actually listening and intentional listening. And this is something that's a really – a skill we're not taught. And I would say like intentional listening comes from – Not making responses or replies in your head while the person's talking, you're actually listening to the words they're saying and absorbing it and taking a pause and then going into a response.
0: Yeah, that is so powerful, and honestly, like I can a hundred percent attest to that advice because it's been the case for me, you know, I think for such a long time as well. I grew up in a very like it's a very Australian mindset, it's not uncommon here, but the the you know don't be so vulnerable like she'll be right mate is like essentially the way that we would describe it you know whether it comes to physical illness whether it comes to emotional um, suffering but a lot of the time you know you just hear here it's like you fall down you get back up she'll be right mate you know and so for for me it's deeply ingrained within me to just get over things you do not share them to just get over them as quick as possible to go through that process alone and you know not to share and then Coupling that with them becoming a coach, you know, putting my own personal suffering on the back, like the back burner, so that I could build those habits around serving and helping other people. For such a long time, it kind of worked. Obviously, I've built a successful business. Did it work personally? I'm not quite sure about that. I have actually never had as open and honest and powerful and transformative conversations as I've had. This year with my clients and in the communities, like even you said, like some of the conversations we have in SBA or Hype Crew, like those have been so deep and powerful. It's not because the structure or the container of SBA changed. It's because I actually started opening up and being more vulnerable as a coach. You know, so it creates that container for other people. I mean, I know that I've always cared about my clients, but in order for there to be that law of reciprocation and, you know, that just beautiful exchange of like, we're in this together yeah, I do agree that it is about you opening up first and creating a loving environment for people to feel like they can do the same with you.
1: Oh, Erin, you literally gave me chills like up and down my body. And yeah, like it it really starts with, the courage and the strength and the belief that, and it goes, again, I hate to be a broken record. It goes back to the connection to yourself because if you don't understand that you are enough as you are, you won't be vulnerable. You won't open up and it becomes really scary to do that. And my advice for anyone that is in those moments right now is like, you are enough as you are and Literally, there's someone else there sitting, looking at you or sitting across from you really being like, I'm not enough. So just know, like, you are in connection with other people more so than you realize. And it takes that one moment of courage to have this incredible, beautiful connection. Oh, my
0: God. Oh, I honestly just looked at the time. I was like, I could talk about this stuff for hours. I feel like we need to do a part two because I feel like I want to go even deeper into like these cultivating spaces and, you know, communities and things. And, you know, both you and I have a lot of very aligned perspectives on, some of the dangers of the way that the internet is going and what that's going to do to relationships and connection. So I feel like we definitely need to do a part two because it'd be very interesting to have some of those conversations as well. We can get all our conspiracy theory on. Um, (laughs) Thank you so, so, so much for coming on this podcast. Honestly, like I said, I just looked at the time and I thought it was like 25 minutes and we're coming up to 45, but <laughs> let us know. It's not, it was all worth it. It was all worth it. It was incredible, but what's going on for you right now? Like let us know, obviously I'm going to leave everything linked below, but where can people find you? What can they expect from you? What does 2022 look like for you? Give mm-hmm. us all the, the visions and vibes.
1: Uh, that- First of all, thank you so much. I so appreciate you and my love for you, this community. I have nothing but incredible things. So thank you so much. Um, I am just so excited for the journey of Tides and Lowly. It's the company I started and ultimately one-on-one coaching is where my focus will be in cultivating uh, that community and also uh, doing different masterminds. There are going to be lower ticket items if you aren't in the space to actually invest that are coming out in 2022, which I'm so excited about. It's really focused around fulfillment. And as we talked a little bit about that morning routine, it's not going to be a morning routine. It's going to be a fulfillment routine, which Mm -hmm. I'm so stoked about. Um, But I'm just so excited. Just connect with me on Instagram. I would love to hear from you. And yeah, yeah, that's all I got. You have
0: to follow her on Instagram because if you want – the best stories to wake up to that is just going to ground you it's like I feel like my day isn't right sometimes I mean literally I haven't watched your stories in like a week because it's been so busy and I'm like why do I feel this underlying anxiety it's probably because I'm not watching your stories to be honest Aww. so <laughs> they're so calming and relaxing I've said that to you so much, like before I'm like I speak to you sometimes I'm just like oh my shoulders just dropped
1: oh <laughs> well if you don't see my stories it's probably because of my internet but send me a message <laughs> anyways I will respond to that <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
0: oh my gosh I love you thank you so much love you bye honestly even just like re-listening to that podcast episode trying to edit this oh my god it was just so powerful I would actually really love to hear from you because connection is one of my biggest like passions it's it's actually my top value because what plays into that is friendships and relationships and family and it really really is one of the things that I value the most And so I really love to hear from you. You know, just reach out to me on Instagram and like share with me where you're at in your connection journey. Like what is it that you are craving? What is it that you feel like you're missing? Do you have any struggles around connection? Because Alexandra and I are so happy to continue this conversation. I'm so happy to continue this conversation. Moving into this new year, connection is something that I'm going to be majorly prioritizing in my business, meaning that I'm going to be doing lots more group things, live events. Like I just want to bring people together and as does Alexandra because both of us have a lot of very strong opinions of how the internet is further driving a wedge between us and the people around us. And whilst it can be used as a tool for a connection, we need to be making sure that we're harnessing those relationships, especially post-pandemic where we got so used to being alone. Like, yeah, I will even admit as the number one extrovert whoever. Lived, no, that's probably an exaggeration, but I'm such an extrovert, you know what I mean? I'm one of those people that spending time with people gives me so much energy. I will even admit that after the pandemic, I have experienced social... I wouldn't say anxiety, but definitely exhaustion. And it is taking a little bit of personal practice to just get myself back in the routine of reaching out to people and you know, even responding to texts and having conversations. But we have to put in that effort because it really, really will play into such a big part of our personal happiness and fulfillment and therefore the success we're able to achieve in life. All right. I love you. I hope this episode was helpful. I hope it was valuable. I hope you have the most amazing day. Come connect with me. Go connect with Alexandra. Her links will be left below. I'll also leave the link for the membership if you did want to come join us. That's such a good place to start when it comes to connection. And I will see you in the next episode.